Well, uh, good morning. Um, thank you all for being here, and uh, thank uh, you, um, Secretary Azar, for your leadership at uh, HHS and the partnership that uh, has been developed that is producing tremendous savings for the United States and is holding to account those who fraudulently abused our laws in a number of different ways. Last July, the Department of Justice and HHS announced a record-breaking enforcement action against health care fraud. We coordinated the efforts of more than 1,000 state and federal law enforcement officers uh, to charge more than 400 defendants, including 56 doctors, uh, with more than $1.3 billion in health care fraud. Today I'm announcing we are breaking records again. Uh, the Department of Justice, in conjunction with the Department of Health and Human Services, is announcing the largest health care fraud takedown in American history. This year, we're charging 601 defendants, including 76 doctors, 23 pharmacists, 19 nurses, and other medical personnel with more than $2 billion in health care fraud. Much of this fraud is related to our ongoing opioid crisis, which is tremendously dangerous for America. It's the deadliest drug epidemic in the history of this country. We've never seen anything like it. Some of our most trusted medical professionals uh, look at their patients, vulnerable people suffering from addiction, and they see dollar signs. That is a fact. It's painful but true, and some of these cases prove it uh, without doubt. Since January of 2017, we've charged nearly 200 doctors and another 220 medical personnel for opioid-related crimes. Sixteen of those doctors prescribed more than 20.3 million pills illegally, just 16 of the doctors. Even before today's announcement in fiscal year 2017, our Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Forces indicted more than 6,500 defendants in opioid-related investigations and seized more than $150 million. In this latest operation, with the help of our fabulous partners at HHS, we've charged another 162 people, including 32 doctors, with illegal distribution of opioids, uh, just opioids. So this is the most doctors and the most medical personnel, unfortunately, and the most fraud that the Department of Justice has ever uh, taken on in any single uh, enforcement action. It's the most defendants we've ever charged in health care fraud. It's also the most opioid-related uh, fraud defendants we've ever charged in a single enforcement action. These cases are important not only for the victims of these fraudsters, but for the entire country. Many of these fraudsters have stolen our tax dollars, and many have helped flood our streets with drugs. For example, one doctor allegedly defrauded Medicare of more than $112 million by distributing 2.2 million unnecessary doses, dosages of uh, drugs like oxycodone and fentanyl. In another case, 13 defendants in one fraud scheme allegedly defrauded taxpayers of more than $126 million, much of which was intended to pay for health care for our troops. 
These are despicable crimes. We cannot tolerate them. We will not tolerate them. Indeed, working with Secretary Azar and his fine team at HHS, our tactics at finding evidence of fraud and proving those cases is becoming more sophisticated and far more effective. As Attorney General, I put in place uh, tools that are helping us find the fraudsters and gather evidence. One of these tools is the Opioid Fraud and Abuse Detection Unit, a new data analytics program that focuses specifically on opioid-related health care fraud. Uh, this data analytics team can tell us important information like who are the outliers, who are prescribing the most drugs, who is dispensing the most, whose patients are dying from overdoses. As part of this initiative, we've assigned a dozen experienced prosecutors to focus solely on investigating these cases, and I've sent these prosecutors around the country to the places where they're most needed. So today is a historic day, but our work is not finished. We are just getting started. We will continue to find, arrest, prosecute, convict, and incarcerate fraudsters and drug dealers wherever they are. We will use the new tools that I've mentioned to stop criminals from exploiting vulnerable people and stealing hard-earned tax dollars. We are sending a clear message to criminals across the country. We will find you. We will bring you to justice. You will pay a very high price for what you have done. I believe that is already deterring and preventing fraud. I believe we're making progress. In two districts, two districts where we have health care fraud strike forces, we have seen a 20% drop in Medicare Parts A and B billings. Now that equates to over $2 billion in savings for the taxpayers. I want to thank Secretary Azar for his leadership, for his indispensable partnership, uh, uh, and I am so impressed with his leadership. Trust me, he's doing a fabulous job at this critically important agency. So I want to thank our dedicated DEA, uh, FBI, IRS, criminal investigations, and HHS personnel for their valuable assistance and teamwork. I want to thank all of the 151 DOJ prosecutors around the country, all of the staff and agents who did their part to make today's uh, announcement possible. They made the entire, entire Department of Justice proud. DOJ personnel from 58 federal districts participated in this operation. That's the majority of our districts, uh, and uh, that's the most that we've ever participated in a health care fraud operation. Above all, I think we owe a major debt of gratitude to the more than 1,000 law enforcement officers, state, federal, local, and tribal that have been involved in these cases. I want to thank them and their families for their family sacrifices because of the service that they've given to their country. So thank you. And now I'll turn over to my friend, the highly uh, capable and important secretary of HHS, Alex Azar. Alex? Thank you. Good. Well, good morning. It's great to be here, and thank you, General Sessions, for hosting this really important event today. And thanks to all of you for being here. In more than 70 offices across the nation, the 1,600-plus employees of the Office of the Inspector General from HHS 
work to protect programs that benefit the health and welfare of the American people. They've been at it for four decades. Today, we have the honor of marking the largest health care fraud strike force takedown day in history. The men and women of HHS OIG collaborated with federal, state, tribal, and local law enforcement partners for this incredible initiative. This is a significant accomplishment for the American people, and every public servant involved should be immensely proud of their work. Earlier this month, I had the honor of going on a ride along with some of OIG's law enforcement officers, and it was invaluable to see their work in action, investigating and tracking serious criminals and arresting them for their crimes. In fact, the arrests they made that day contributed to the total of today's takedown operation. Getting out into the field made vivid how vulnerable our social safety net programs can be if we do not remain vigilant. There are criminals out there setting up fake pharmacies, harvesting seniors' Medicare information, and coming up with ever new ways every day to steal from program beneficiaries and the taxpayer. These crimes have a significant impact on defenseless Americans. Medicare and Medicaid are not just pots of money where no one will miss a million dollars here or a million dollars there. They represent the hard work of generations that pay into the system and often depend on it to lead healthy lives. The victims of these fraud schemes are the American people, often senior citizens. This is important work for the taxpayer, too. Every dollar we spend on OIG law enforcement returns $4 back to the American people. And every dollar we recover from a lawbreaker helps to provide health care to an American who needs it. As the Attorney General mentioned, criminals have increasingly targeted an area where HHS and the entire Trump administration are especially focused, our country's opioid crisis. They attack programs helping some of the most vulnerable, those struggling with addiction, because they know that those are the ones that have the most goodwill. For example, one of the alleged criminals charged today used his position at a recovery center to prescribe controlled substances without a license while the center worked in tandem with other treatment centers to bilk those who were trying to enter recovery. Beyond the opioid epidemic, a number of other cases involved alleged kickback schemes between providers to take advantage of Medicare beneficiaries. In one case, patient recruiters were allegedly paid in exchange for the referral of fraudulent prescriptions. These kind of scams undercut the confidence and trust of the American people in federal health care programs. The perpetrators really are despicable and greedy people. We're lucky to have the commitment of those at OIG and its dedicated partners to prevent, investigate, and arrest those who commit these crimes. I'm happy to be standing here today with my friend, the Attorney General, and the committed members of the law enforcement community to applaud the excellent work done by our public servants to protect our country and to recognize their dedication and courage in going after these fraudsters. Our law enforcement officers at HHS OIG work every day to defend our country from criminals while showing proper judgment, thoughtful strategy, and a dedication to the rule of law. I know President Trump is especially proud of the work done by law enforcement on these matters, protecting our seniors and preventing the diversion of prescription drugs. Takedown Day is a great day to highlight how the finest in law enforcement go about their business and carry out their duties with unquestionable professionalism and character. 
I want to again thank those who were involved in today's historic success. Let me now hand it over to the Deputy Inspector General at HHS, Gary Cantrell. Thank you very much. Gary? Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Secretary Azar, for your support of OIG and all of our federal law enforcement partners in this effort to combat health care fraud. This takedown has been a massive operation requiring the skills and dedication of more than 1,000 federal, state, and local law enforcement personnel, including 350 OIG uh, special agents. Dealing with criminal elements can be dangerous, and each day these law enforcement personnel are on the front lines of our effort to protect HHS beneficiaries and programs. Thank all of them. I'd like to thank all of them for the work that they do. Today's arrests focus on providers who illegally prescribe and dispense opioids for personal gain and contribute to the ongoing opioid crisis that threatens the health and well-being of Americans. In addition to these arrests, OIG has issued opioid-related exclusions to nearly 600 medical professionals and other individuals convicted of illegal activity involving opioids. These bad actors are now barred from billing federal health care programs, which further limits their ability to cause beneficiaries harm. Disrupting the inappropriate prescribing and dispensing of opioids remains a top priority for OIG. Key to OIG's efforts is our use of data analytics to detect unusual patterns that can then be followed up on with boots on the ground investigative work. We identify the full extent what we can sometimes be sophisticated and layered schemes across the country. And understanding the breadth of this issue is paramount to our efforts in combating the ongoing crisis. So today, we are releasing a report examining Medicare Part D spending on opioids and providing descriptive details and statistics about prescribers whose patients receive extreme and questionable amounts of opioids. In this report, we identify 460,000 Medicare beneficiaries who are receiving high dosages of opioids, well in excess of CDC guidelines. And from this data, we identified, from this data, we identified 300 prescribers whose questionable opioid prescribing warrants further review and potential investigation. We are also releasing an opioid analysis toolkit intended to address the crisis in Medicare program and beyond. This toolkit enables public and private sector partners, including private health insurers and states, to analyze their own prescription drug claims data. We encourage our OIG partners, like the state Medicare fraud control units, private sector payers, and providers to customize the resources provided in the toolkit to analyze opioid use in a way that best meets their needs. We know that OIG and our partners here can't tackle this problem alone, so we think empowering those in the community with these analytic tools will help us to combat this issue. Last but certainly not least, I would like to also thank the 30 state Medicaid fraud control units from around the country that participated in these operations. These units are important partners in our mission to defend the integrity of the Medicaid program, and the, our collaboration is crucial in the fight against healthcare fraud. With this takedown, we have made significant progress in this regard. Nonetheless, our work is not complete. OIG will continue to work with our federal, partner, federal and state partners 
to protect the health and safety of millions of Americans. And now I'd like to turn this over to FBI Deputy Director David Bowditch. Good morning, everyone. I'd like to thank the Attorney General and Secretary Azar in thanking everyone who made this takedown possible. And in particular, I'd like to thank our own folks for working so hard on this. We've had agents and analysts from our Criminal Investigative Division, along with their partners, who work collaboratively uh, as part of this takedown, along with 34 of our field offices throughout this country on this takedown. Their toil and their tenacity and that of their colleagues and our partner agencies is what produced such great results that we can talk about today. Healthcare fraud investigators and analysts and prosecutors do not often get attention. They don't because they toil through hundreds of thousands and millions sometimes of documents. And there's a lot of data that they have to go through that takes time. It's not sexy, but it's incredibly important work for the health of our economy and quite frankly, for each and every American that uses our healthcare system. As the Attorney General and Secretary Azar noted, healthcare fraud is a very serious problem. Our healthcare spending makes up over one-sixth of our economy in this nation. That's a lot of money, and any good criminal investigator or analyst will tell you that if you want to find the criminals, you have got to follow the money. The people we've charged this week have viewed our healthcare system as their own personal ATMs. We see their handiwork each and every day, certainly in the FBI, but also in our partner agencies. In the FBI alone, we are working collaboratively with our partners over 2,100 healthcare fraud investigations as of today. These schemes harm every American who applies for health or who pays for health care benefits, from the patient who doesn't get the care that they need to the business that pays the higher insurance costs to cover their employees, and every, tax every taxpayer who funds our Medicare and our Medicaid system. To detect and combat all these schemes, the FBI and our partners use every tool that we have. One of them is intelligence. The intelligence will help us spot our emerging trends throughout the nation to, to help stop these criminals before they do further damage. Next is technology. The technology is incredibly important today to help us collect and analyze all the huge amounts of electronic evidence uh, and quickly and efficiently go through that evidence. Forensic accounting and analysis. The, these are incredibly important skill sets necessary to work through these cases. Some of these cases are very complex and there is extensive review of documents. We use major provider teams to surge resources whenever the need is the greatest. And we use essentially the same bread and butter investigative techniques that we would use for any other case to include surveillance, in interviews and interrogations, court-ordered wiretaps, undercover operations, and as always, human source information. Finally, without the strong partnerships that you see up here behind me, we and any one of us would not be successful in a takedown like this. These partnerships are incredibly important. Our Medicare strike forces are currently in place in 10 cities throughout the United States. These strike force forces take the best of all our health care resources from the variety of agencies. And they make sure that we're being as efficient as we can to address this problem. We're also focused on stopping health care frauds that are fanning the flames of opioid addiction throughout this country and abuse. 
Through the FBI's prescription drug initiative, we're targeting criminal enterprises that run, that run prescription drug schemes and take advantage of addiction for their own personal gains. Just in 2018 alone, the FBI, along with our partners today, have arrested and charged well over 50 people for their role in opioid diversion schemes. That is simply the number of people for those particular schemes. And today, we're going to more than double that number. We more than double that number. In particular, we're going after doctors and medical professionals who violate their oaths and who enable deadly addictions for their own gain. Removing one criminal doctor from the opioid distribution network can remove millions of pills from any one community. So together, we're doing a lot of work to help curb healthcare fraud. But those of us in law enforcement, every one of us know we cannot do it alone and we are not the only solution here. We are part of the solution. We need the public's help. We need your help. Everyone can take some easy steps to prevent and, and stop healthcare fraud, and I'm gonna name a few. First, report suspicious activity, such as people, providers offering money or free services to patients, things that sound too good to be true. We all know the adage, they usually are. Second, keep a sharp eye on the explanation of benefits forms that your insurance company sends to the patient. For example, the patient, when reviewing their forms, should scrutinize the, scrutinize the date of treatment, the actual treatment which was administered, and any follow-ups. In particular, we would ask those with elderly parents to help them scrutinize and review their benefits statements. This is incredibly important because we know our elderly are taken advantage of throughout this country. Third, protect your insurance cards and your beneficiary numbers just as you would protect your credit card and other personal information. Fourth, if you know of anyone prescribing or distributing opioids improperly, please report them to law enforcement immediately as many people's lives actually depend on it. And finally, if you suspect fraud, please call your local FBI office or the Health and Human Service Office of Inspector, of Inspector General. We are very ready to help. Working together, we believe we can reduce healthcare fraud and keep our nation's healthcare system strong and healthy for those who need it. Now I'd like to turn things over to my colleague from the DEA, Assistant Administrator John Martin. Good morning. Over the past decade, our nation has been increasingly devastated by opioid misuse and abuse. It's an insidious epidemic created in large part by the overprescribing of potent opioids. This has resulted in a new generation of people suffering from the disease of addiction. DEA plays a central role in addressing this problem. We use all available means, administrative, civil, and criminal, to ensure the agency's 1.76 million registrants who handle prescriptions drugs comply with the law while ensuring the flow of legitimate prescription medication. In 2016, there were more than 63,600 drug-related deaths, a 21% increase from 2015. This equates to approximately 174 deaths a day. More than two-thirds of these were opioid-related. Many individuals who misuse opioids are first exposed through prescription medications that are diverted from legitimate markets. Investigations which hold those responsible for healthcare fraud 
and for the diversion of prescription drugs are a priority for DEA. DEA conducted multiple investigations that resulted this week in more than 80 arrests and 62 indictments. Targets of these investigations included pharmacists, pharmacies, medical practitioners, and other individuals who we believe were contributing to the opioid crisis. While only a small percentage of our registrants exploit this system for their own gain, this effort sends a clear message to those abusing the healthcare system. To give you a sense of the magnitude of this week's operation, I want to highlight the great work the women and men of the DEA did this week. Following a nine-month investigation in Nashville, DEA obtained indictments for five individuals that were part of an oxycodone prescription drug trafficking ring that fraudulently obtained 4,800 oxycodone pills for distribution throughout Middle Tennessee. In Baton Rouge, the DEA took down a violent drug trafficking organization that was running a pill press operation. This organization was churning out 40,000 counterfeit oxycodone pills per week. I want to be clear, however, and reiterate that the vast majority of healthcare professionals strive to provide the highest standard of care for their patients. DEA has no interest in regulating the practice of medicine, nor does it want to interfere with the private and personal relationship between doctor and patient. At the same time, we will continue to do our part to regulate drug distribution networks to ensure product availability for the treatments that preserve and enhance quality of life while working with our partners to prevent abuse. DEA is committed to ending the opioid crisis occurring in our communities, which unfortunately has been fueled by prescription drug misuse. DEA will continue to work with our federal, state, local, and tribal partners every day to protect our citizens while ensuring that patients have adequate access to these critical medications. I want to thank everyone on the stage for allowing DEA to participate in this important work. Thank you. All right, we'll take a few questions. Um, this is for um, Deputy Director Bowditch. Um, obviously, this is all very interesting and important. I'm going to ask you an odd type of question, though. Um, I know. You're probably prepared for it. Um, I just was wondering, you know, the directors on the Hill talking about the IG report. I am wondering, given you know that you worked so closely with um, Director Comey and um, Deputy Director McCabe, what you make of the IG report, and also if you can kind of give us a sense of what morale is like in the FBI right now. So what I make of the FBI of the IG report, I read it very carefully. Uh, I thought I give the IG and his people, the Inspector General and his people, a lot of credit. I think they did a good job. Um, we don't always agree with everything, but we uh, we adopted, not adopted, but we accepted the vast majority of it. And I think um, we have begun already to make the changes that we said we would make in our response to that report, and that will continue for this organization. If it makes us better, which I believe it will, then I think it was a productive endeavor. Now to turn towards the morale question. Um, it's been a difficult year and a half for us, as you well know. That's no secret. But I will tell you, our folks in this organization, I think the problem is we have been talking about two cases. That's part of the FBI. In the meantime, we've got tens of thousands of investigations going on. I talked a little bit about health care to tie that back into this. Health care, these folks, the prosecutors, the investigators, 
they get very little attention, very little fanfare, because it's not a terrorist disruption. It's not a big gang. But in the meantime, they are just churning through documents and churning through investigations day after day after day. We're not talking about it because it's not high profile, but the fact is it is incredibly important. You heard the uh, statistics that were provided by the DEA assistant administrator about deaths. Um, we believe that a takedown like this can help or in initiatives like this can help with that problem. The morale is, it's been bruised, no doubt, but I believe in our folks 110%. They are resilient and we will continue to try to make ourselves better based on the results of the uh, Inspector General's report. And let me be clear, I'm not shirking away from that report. That report made some very good points. I do think it's important to note that there was not bias found in that report. There is one. Go ahead. Well, a quick follow-up on that. Uh, Peter Strzok just was a question by uh, Congress behind closed doors. Uh, his, uh, the FBI lawyer told him not to answer a number of questions, which frustrated a number of members up on Capitol Hill. What was the point of him going behind closed doors if he was told not to answer a number of questions that a number of members said weren't even believable? I'm not going to address that. Uh, that's be that's between his lawyer and him. The the uh, uh, questions, and, and it's certainly between us and Congress. And we will address this uh, to the best of our ability. As you know, when anyone goes up before Congress uh, in a situation like that, representation would certainly be sought by the vast majority of individuals for assistance. Um, he had an attorney with him. Um, I don't know what was said. I was not in the hearing. I have not gotten a readout of what happened in that hearing. So I think it's best I just leave that one alone. Uh, any questions on the health care fraud takedown? Um, <clears throat> yeah. uh, so for, I guess for Mr. Martin or anyone, is there any indication that the actions that you've taken over the past year have actually reduced the number of Americans addicted to opioids or had a dent in the epidemic itself? And how many people within law enforcement are dedicated or on a percentage basis, how many people are dedicated to fighting this problem? Well, that's a great question, and I, I can't get you the exact numbers, and, and maybe we can work with you offline afterward, and my staff can, can research some of that. But I can tell you that for DEA, it's our top priority, uh, bar none. So we have uh, just under about 4,000 agents. We have many diversion investigators, uh, over 650. So all those folks and all the support people within DEA um, are working towards uh, trying to reduce this epidemic. So that it's, it, it is our number one priority. Uh, just healthcare, the, this task force right up here and, and the, the takedown that we just did is, is very important. I mean, these partnerships are what's gonna help us on the enforcement side and to send a message to all those healthcare providers. And I'm not talking a lot of healthcare providers, but again, just a, a few healthcare providers uh, that, are, that are diverting opioids or frauding the government, uh, you know, with Medicare or Medicaid fraud, can have a huge impact on communities in this opioid epidemic. So, uh, just takedowns like this uh, are extremely important for reducing the. Uh, Have you seen a link between the number of Americans who are addicted to opioids move based on some of these enforcement actions? Well, what what I can tell you, so there's many, obviously, many Americans still addicted to opioids. I can tell you, since 2015, the the number of prescription opioids. Um, have been going down steadily. Unfortunately, the rise of fentanyl and synthetic substances that are used uh, to be mixed in with heroin or made uh, to be made with counterfeit pills, 
that is uh, that has gone up in recent years. So we, we are really focusing not only on the prescription uh, opioids, but also on synthetic opioids like fentanyl. Take one more question. I have an opioid question for Mr. Martin. Um, there's been some criticism in regards to whether or not this issue, or, or rather that opioids have uh, been over-regulated, sort of pushing uh, perhaps people to more illegal drugs over on the street level. What are your thoughts on that, and is there a concern that your unit, or rather task forces, um, are going to be dealing with that more often now? Well, I don't, I don't think they're, they're over-regulated. What I think is um, there's been an education out there with, with doctors, so we know more about prescription opioids um, and how addictive they can be. So like I said in, in my prepared remarks, um, you know, this, this crisis has been fueled in large part to over-prescribing of potent opioids. So I think we at DEA and, and our partner agencies have really tried to get out the education message to, to not only uh, the, the public, but the healthcare providers. Uh, so I, I do see, um, I do see, uh, you know, it's not that we're, we're over-regulating, but doctors are, and, and, and medical practitioners are more aware. There are a lot of people uh, that are addicted to opioids, and sometimes it is easier to, uh, to, to get street drugs. All right. Thank you very much, everyone.